fermented foods if you have IBS. It's a growing area of the wellness arena to try and add some beneficial bacteria into your gut, but it's not a new fad. Fermenting our foods to preserve them for tough times has been around for hundreds of years. In this episode of the Inside Knowledge podcast, I'll share my thoughts about eating fermented foods like sauerkraut and kefir, even if you're someone who has IBS or SIBO. I'll even explain how to make your own fermented foods at home, how to start eating them, and what's the actual science behind how it could be helping your gut. I get asked a lot about fermented foods for IBS, so I thought this is a great opportunity to explain it to all my podcast listeners. Let's go. Welcome to episode 30 of the Inside Knowledge podcast for people with IBS. I'm Anna Mapson. I get asked a lot through my clients and people on social media about whether fermented foods are good for people with IBS. And that is what we're going to talk a lot about today. I thought I'll start just by explaining what do I actually mean by fermented foods. And there are lots of different examples It includes things, basic foods like yogurt, because this is fermented milk. And that's quite a common food that we seem a lot more familiar with. But it also includes kefir, or sometimes people say kefir, which is also fermented milk, but it has got a slightly different taste and it's just fermented in a slightly different way. We've also got fermented vegetables like sauerkraut, which is fermented cabbage. There's also kimchi, which is a Korean version of spicy vegetables, which also includes lots of cabbage as its base. There's tempeh, which is fermented soya bean curd, and kombucha, which is fermented tea. Nowadays, we've got access to fresh food in our shops. We've also got freezers and refrigerators to keep our chilled goods fresher for longer. And we don't really need to preserve our food through fermentation anymore. And so the practice has gone a little bit out of fashion. But you can now find fermented foods in lots of different health food shops and it is becoming a little bit more trendy. The way fermentation works is it breaks down the sugars and the starches in foods and it does this through beneficial microorganisms. So basically the beneficial bacteria and yeasts, some of them stay in the food when we eat it and they are good for us. These are sometimes called probiotics. And probiotics have been shown in lots of studies to improve gut bacteria diversity by adding different types of bacteria and microbes to your gut and changing this and having a diverse set of gut bacteria can help us with the integrity of our gut lining. So it helps to increase the mucus in the gut which can then also support our immune system. So fermentation of foods can be very beneficial for the gut but bacteria also because they are breaking down some of the sugars and the starches, this makes the food easier to digest, especially for people who've got IBS. So you might find, for example, sourdough bread to be more digestible than normal bread. What they have is a starter, which is some live bacteria, and they add that to the dough instead of adding yeast. This fermentation is partially pre-digested pre-digesting the fructans in the bread and in sourdough bread we found that the fructan content is lower and also the gluten can be slightly reduced as well. So this is the dough is fermented with a specific strain of yeast and that makes it easier to digest. 
So when we're looking at FODMAPs, and you might want to go back to think about the fructan episode that I did last week, that shows you that the fructans are rapidly fermented by our gut bacteria. So if we're taking away some of the fructan content, you might be able to have a little bit more bread. For example, you can have one to two slices of sourdough bread compared to only one or half a slice of wheat bread, and that keeps you in a low FODMAP level. But it's not all good news. So if you are sensitive to FODMAPs, some fermented foods are actually higher in FODMAPs than the unfermented version. So for example, white cabbage sauerkraut is higher in FODMAPs than white cabbage is. The fermenting process releases more of the fructose and it gets converted to mannitol, which is a polyol, another one of the FODMAPs. And this is considered low FODMAP at up to a tablespoon white sauerkraut, but it's high FODMAP when you get to 75 grams, which is like a quarter of a cup. So this could potentially be the same for kimchi. I haven't found any evidence of kimchi being higher for FODMAPs, but the same kind of theory could translate to kimchi as well because it is a fermented cabbage product. Red cabbage sauerkraut is still low in FODMAPs when it's fermented. So the key thing is that your portion sizing is really important and sometimes a small amount of a fermentable food will be okay for you, but a large amount could cause flare-ups in your symptoms like bloating and gas and just abdominal pain, any of your normal symptoms that could get flared up. As always, because people with SIBO and IBS have very, very different digestions and some foods may be really suitable for you and some won't be and the same thing happens with fermentable foods. For some people it will work really well and you will feel great. That could be down to the fact that you maybe need more diverse bacteria or maybe you need a bit more fibre in your diet. One food is not going to make or break your symptoms. It is all about your overall context and your overall diet patterns. But fermented foods can be good for adding a bit of diversity of these probiotic bacteria in and increasing our fibre and maybe some other key nutrients, for example, like calcium, which is from kefir. If we think about whether or not it's actually going to help your digestive symptoms, we can look to some studies. And there are a few very small scale studies showing that eating fermented cabbage, particularly sauerkraut, may potentially improve your digestion. There was a little study a couple of years ago showing eating sauerkraut for six weeks improved the severity of people's IBS and the diversity of their gut microbiome. And that could be down to adding the extra microbes into the gut. But what was interesting is even a pasteurised version of sauerkraut actually helped because even though it didn't have any live bacteria the, because pasteurization kills off the bacteria they still had a big impact on the people's gut bacteria and this could be potentially down to the prebiotic content of the cabbage because fiber feeds all our good gut bacteria a slightly more recent study was on kimchi which is the fermented korean vegetables including a lot of cabbage And in this study in Korea, they couldn't find a control group, which I thought was interesting. So they wanted a control group who ate no kimchi at all for 12 weeks, but they just couldn't find any because everybody in Korea eats kimchi. But what they found is that through eating 210 grams of kimchi per day over 12 weeks, they reduced the symptoms of IBS 
More specifically, they had a reduction in the time taken to poo and also in their stool type. So those are quite promising studies showing that there can be a slight improvement in IBS through adding fermented cabbage to your diet. A really well-studied fermented food is kefir. Um, this is probably easier to digest for you if you struggle with dairy because of the live bacteria that's breaking down the lactose in the fermentation process. So basically, fermented dairy might be much easier to digest. If you struggle with drinking a glass of milk, you could be okay with a yogurt or with some kefir. Kefir is slightly runnier than yogurt. It's normally more of a drink, whereas yogurt is more set. You can make your own fermented kefir quite easily. What you need is a starter. You need the microorganisms that are gonna help to ferment. So these are normally, they look like globules of slime, really. They're like little blobby grains and you just add them to some whole milk. Ideally, use whole milk. Some people use organic milk. You want to put the grains in the milk and then just leave them in a glass jar on the shelf, covered, but not completely airtight and leave it for a couple of days and it just ferments into kefir and you can drink it straight away. It's basically just soured milk, which is what does give it that very soury kind of taste. So it is relatively easy to make it. And the same goes for making your own sauerkraut. Essentially, you're just grating a cabbage into a bowl, add a bit of salt, mash it all through and then put it into an airtight jar, one of those kilner jars that seals the lid is ideal and you push the salted cabbage down into the jar and this helps to keep the juices covering all the cabbage so it doesn't go moldy and once it's in the briny liquid in the salty liquid then it won't go bad and you can just every now and again take a little look at it but after about 10 days normally it's ready to eat so there's two ways you can create your own fermented product the benefit to doing that is that it's cheap and getting access to milk or access to cabbage is pretty easy so you can do this yourself at home it is really fun to do it's like having a little pet and watching it grow and you can try it um give it a go if you are buying your fermented foods, then do make sure it says live bacteria or probiotic bacteria. That means it's not pasteurized, which means that you should have a large amount of live microbes in there, which can be beneficial for your health. Remember, that's different to probiotics that you can take in a capsule. There's no guarantee that these live bacteria will make their way to your large intestine. However, there is evidence that they can influence your digestive symptoms and it's relatively easy. It's a nice way to do it through food rather than just taking lots of supplements and capsules all the time. So I do encourage you to try and experiment a little bit with kefir, sauerkraut or kimchi. The other one I haven't talked about is water kefir. Get the kefir grains, similar to the ones you put into milk, but I think they're different bacteria. And you put them in water with some sugar and they break down the sugar in the similar way to the way they break down lactose in milk. You can also do something very similar with black tea kombucha. So again, you get a collection of grains. Sometimes it's called a SCOBY, which stands for symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeasts and basically it forms this like gloopy 
globule <laughs> covering across the top of the fermenting tea, but it's tea with sugar in it, and the bacteria are feeding off the sugar, and they're creating this kind of fizzy tea, which might sound a bit gross, but it's actually quite delicious. If it goes too fermented, it goes very vinegary. So you need to work out the time you can test it at different levels and just add it to other drinks if you don't really like it. But again, no one's really, you don't have to be drinking this stuff. So if you don't enjoy it, don't you don't need to drink it but it can be enjoyable and there are some benefits to your gut health for adding in these different types of bacteria it's just about adding diversity so whether you try kombucha make your own kefir or make your own sauerkraut I really suggest you give it a go little Saturday afternoon project and um, see how you get on like with supplements, people who have a sensitive digestion should start really low and slow. That does not mean guzzling a half a carton of kefir on the first day or eating a whole jar of sauerkraut because it's delicious. You want to make sure that it is going to impact your digestion in a beneficial way. So it's good to start off small. Just start with a little scoop of sauerkraut on the side of one of your meals or start off by adding a little bit of kefir to another drink that you have. Mix it in, see how it goes and take it from there. Okay, that is it for this week. Uh, any questions on fermented foods and IBS, get in touch via my website or on Instagram. You can send me a message and I'll see if I have the know-how to answer it. If you're interested in working with me on your digestion and trying to understand more about what foods or supplements and different ways of eating would benefit you and your IBS or SIBO, then there are different ways you can work with me, either one-to-one -one over three months or in a group over three months. I like a long three-month process for working with people because things can change a lot over that time and it gives us a chance to trial things, experiment a bit, see what's working and make sure that you get some improvements. So you understand more about your digestion, you change your diet, you eat more variety in your diet. All of these things are possible and that is what I help people to do in my gut reset. All the details in the show notes and also on my website so please go and check it out if you need some help with untangling the mess that is your digestion and finding some answers to better control your IBS. I'll leave it there for this week. Goodbye!